This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. And uh, we're going to talk Georgia offense today. We, we've seen so many of these early 2021 mock drafts that have Jamie Newman as a first-round pick. Uh, you know, we, we've seen enough of the uh, of, of the you know Todd Munkin buzz and and things like that that, that we're just we're, we're ready to kind of dive into this thing and maybe talk about some expectations talk about maybe some off the radar type guys maybe talk about some concerns and uh then at the end of the show we're going to get into some recruiting and uh and that t- type of thing so guys let's just dive right in let's not waste any time here cuz I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about and a lot to cover rusty this Georgia offense overall view of kind of coming from last year going to this year the newness the change can it be better is it too much for it to expect it to be better with all the coronavirus stuff going on all the reps lost what are your overall feelings of the georgia offense with todd monk and jamie newman new office line matt luke I think there's a couple of advantages and a couple of disadvantages i think the advantage is you've got a, a quarterback in jamie newman uh, who is a senior grown man, graduate, college. I mean, he is he is coming to Georgia to better himself, to be a better pro prospect and, and play for a, quote-unquote, the, 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 the big boy league in the SEC. Um, his opportunity to certainly be the starter here. And you know, this is a guy that's a big-body kid. I mean, I think we've all probably watched some YouTube games. I've watched a couple YouTube games in the last month or so of him, and I think – the thing that kind of stands out, and from talking to people that see him for the first time there, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not comparing him to him. I'm saying the reaction. When people see Justin Fields for the first time, they're like, man, that guy is big. Like, you don't realize how big Justin Fields is, lower body, until you see him in person. Uh, the same reaction from people, you know, talk, as a matter of fact, I was talking to someone yet this morning, uh, really, really close to the Georgia program, and they were like, "Man, the first time I saw Jamie Newman in that weight room, that I had no idea." They thought, actually, told me the quote was, "They thought it was Trey McKitty, the tight end uh, from Florida State." So, Jamie Newman, physical guy, he's going to run more. He's going to be more of a run threat. You know, I know Todd Monken is a guy that's got a little bit of reputation of you know, kind of an air raid guy, going to throw it out. And Jamie Newman obviously can throw the ball. Uh, so, you look at the advantages; he's going to know how to prepare. He's going to probably pick up an offense pretty quick because he's done it before in college. The disadvantage, he's not going to have the continuity to work with the other guys. Uh, they're not going to be able to get their offensive line. You know, Matt Luke's not going to be able to get a, you know, a, a rotation and try to get a better feel uh, for what he's trying to piece together. Obviously, they lost some major, major pieces there. Uh, you know, and, and, and really, 
Um, I do think Georgia can be better offensively. I do think they can. They've got some playmakers coming back. Sounds like Dominic Blaylock is 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 well on pace to uh, be back uh, as the season starts. Assuming that we start on time, I just think that the disadvantage is they didn't get the spring practice. They didn't get those reps. They're not getting the May reps. Jake, you know what goes on right now. As soon as they get done with finals, uh, you know, basically this week or last week. The kids usually go home for about a week, and then they all come back for that little May mester, and that's when the quarterback-led seven-on-seven start, and you get those to about the month of June. So, you know, they're not getting those, and nobody's getting those, but we're talking about Georgia, and they're putting in an entire new offense. They're replacing three NFL-drafted offensive linemen, uh, a, a second-round running back. So there's some concerns, but I think that the, the piece you're bringing to the puzzle – is a playmaker, a quarterback, and a guy that is a uh, in today's game of college football can be a true difference maker for you. Absolutely, and and you know I, I've made this point several times, but I don't think I I don't it's it's something I believe in so much that that I just don't want to stop saying it. And it's that whole idea that that Jamie Newman puts George in a situation. And, and listen, he's not he's not Cam Newman Cam Newton. He's not he's not Tim Tebow. I don't I don't expect him to be that. He's got some pretty decent Heisman odds, but but those guys are 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 just outrageous talents at the quarterback position. They did outrageous things at the college level. But he brings an element of that power run game that that just cannot be uh, overstated, and it's that that whole first and seven or first and six dynamic is. Listen, if you want to go hat on hat and and play bully football like like Georgia can play, like Georgia has played in the past, with a two hundred and thirty pound quarterback getting downhill is kind of the eleventh guy that that can kind of you know allow you to to do some things that way. It's 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 kind of game changing. I mean, if if you know that pretty much every third and two or every third and three or four is almost a gimme, then that changes your offense, and that's what Jamie Newman brings to Georgia's offense. I'm not as I'm not as enthralled with the scrambling ability and 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 stuff like that. I'm I I am big on the design run thing, and Jamie Newman has that. He has the ability to to hurt you in the design run game if you don't account for him at all. He can rip off 25, 30, 40, 50 yards, but he can also break a couple tackles and pick up 12 on on second and eight and and those are things that can really help you out as an offense and that's where you know you really have to account for them teams are not going to be able to to just kind of hang back and 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 you know keep everything in front they're going to have to kind of force the issue because they have to have him accounted for in that box on every single play and that should help georgia's run game should be a much needed help with with the offensive line something i think we're going to kind of discuss a little bit later in the show but kip overall your offense is there anything you want to point out that that kind of sticks out to you as the prospects of what this offense can be with todd monk and jamie newman and and all the new uh, moving parts I think Kirby Smart said it best when he said that you have an offense that's built around the players you have. And he said it's not a matter of what your offensive philosophy is. It's the best way to win the game. And you saw what LSU did last year. Georgia had an outstanding defense, one of the best in the country. But if you don't have the firepower to – if you get into a shootout to the kind of – Keep, keep you in the game, you, you're not going to be able to hang in that third and fourth quarter. And I think Kirby Smart recognized that. He looked at his roster, and they don't have – they didn't have the elite playmakers at the, the, the catch passes in this offense to, to really be able to, you know, 
win a shootout like that, just you look at what LSU did last year and you look at that offense. I mean, with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, you know, Thaddeus Moss coming in as a guy that wasn't really on the radar and 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 putting up the stats at tight end he did. And then Clyde Edward Tiller, another guy that really wasn't on a lot of radars. And the dude caught 55 uh, you know, passes in that offense. And their number five pass catcher, Terrace Marshall Jr., he caught 13 touchdown catches as the fifth wide pass catcher in that offense. I mean, that's incredible what they did last year. There's going to be an offense each year that kind of has that, you know, that huge progression. And Kirby realized that he needs to have some guys, you know, in that offense who can catch a lot of passes and make a lot of plays. They took that first step, obviously. You get it, you know, guys like Dominic Blaylock and George Pickens. But really what stands out to me is just how it meshes up with the class they just brought in with Marcus Rosamy, with, with Jermaine Burton, with Justin Robinson, you know, Arian Smith, just adding those playmakers at wide receiver and accumulating more explosive talent in the receiver's room, I think is right up there with this offensive change. And it comes at the perfect time to be able to, you know, again, running the football, <laughs> Kirby Smart's always going to want that as part of his offense. But I think now, you know, just having these guys come in, increasing the talent in, in the wide receiver room and, and having the guys come back and then, you know, adding a, a graduate transfer tight end as well, who's been productive in the passing game. I think it gives them a chance that when they want to have tempo and they want to be aggressively in offense, they should be able to execute now. They have the guys in place who can actually run that kind of offense. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing for me as far as when you look at this roster in the past, you know, they wouldn't have been able to to, to really keep up tempo consistently with high-powered offenses. And, I mean, Kirby Smart, I think he, he saw that last year. Having to bring in a guy like Lawrence Cager to come in and, and be that number one when he was healthy early in the season kind of tells you, all you need to know about where they were uh, in the wide receiver room heading into last season. And now you look at the room heading into this season with the guys come in, the guys they have coming back. That gives them at least the opportunity to be much more explosive in the passing game. And I think under Todd Monken with Jamie Newman at quarterback, uh, they have the tools to be able to, on paper, put up a lot of numbers in the passing game. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, the the wide receiver situation is going to be better. Georgia is going to have a number one guy, a, a bailout guy, per se, there in, in, in George Pickens, a guy that, that you, you can kind of just find ways to get him the football. I mean, that to me, that's something that has been, you know, really lacking at Georgia. You know, the only – and I know his name is going to ring out in infamy in, in Georgia lore, right? But the only coordinator I thought that ever really did that, that that just manufactured ways to get a guy the football, was Brian Schottenheimer. And I know that offense struggled a lot. I think a lot of it was because of the quarterback situation. The offensive line was struggling as well. But he found ways to get Malcolm Mitchell the football in the passing game. And that's why Malcolm Mitchell put up a really good year in a bad bad offense. It is because, you know, Brian Schottenheimer knew what he had there in Malcolm Mitchell. And and uh, Malcolm had his best, best year under Schottenheimer. Other than that, 
Georgia hasn't done that in a very long time. I mean, they didn't even do that. And when Terrence Edwards had the thousand yard season in 2002, it just kind of happened that way. And he put up some big games. And, and I think sometimes that, that has kind of hurt Georgia's, especially hurt Georgia's ability, I think, to recruit receivers at times because they don't get a guy like George Pickens, you know, 70 catches for, you know, 1150 yards and, and 14 touchdowns. And I, I think that in and of itself is something that, that Todd Munkin may bring to this offense because you look at what he did with James Blackman at, at Oklahoma State and I mean it's astronomical I, I don't even know how many balls he caught I think it was over 100 it was ridiculous and and I think that's something that's, that's kind of going to be there but I also think you've got to find balance um you know, for the run game, because Georgia is going to want to run the ball. Georgia, like you said, Kip, I mean, and in the SEC, you need to. I mean, you you look at what Alabama did last year down the stretch, guys. Yeah, they threw the ball all over the yard, but you, in in a lot of games, you know, you saw Najee Harris have to come become a little bit bigger of a deal. You look at the 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 championship game against uh, the 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 SEC championship game against Georgia. You know, when Josh Jacobs got going a little bit, that's when Alabama was able to kind of come back in that game. And uh, you know, I know Tua got hurt and, and he got hurt at the end of last year. But you've got to have a little bit of semblance of a run game. Again, I hate to keep going back to what you had to say, Kip, there, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 1,200 yards rushing. So you've got to be able to do that, but you've also got to be able to kind of attack downfield the passing game. And I think Georgia has the elements to do both. Uh, let's talk about the. I wanted to talk about maybe a breakout guy or maybe a guy that was kind of off the radar that could kind of find his legs in this offense. Uh, before we went to a break, but before we go to a break, let's let's talk offensive line first, and then we'll talk about the other stuff on the other side. It's kind of a forecast here, but uh, the offensive line, guys. I have a theory here, and I wrote about it this morning in the in, in the um, you know the morning musings thing, and we're going to be changing the name to that pretty soon. I, I was talking with some folks about that earlier today, but I was one of the things I was looking at was with the offensive line. Rusty, can it help Georgia that that they're not in the same situation as last year where they're, the expectations are so high on the offensive line and it's such a strength that maybe they relied on it a little bit too much? Maybe they kind of you know, went to the right a few too many times, uh, you know, if you're talking basketball uh, in basketball terms there, that maybe they just kind of leaned on that offensive line a little too heavily a year ago and that maybe hampered them a little bit. Maybe it helps a little bit that they know, hey, you got to protect the offensive line. You got to be more balanced to kind of give those guys some help. Do you think that could possibly help the Bulldogs a little bit? Jake, to answer your question there, you know, you look at this and how they're going to handle this, the offensive line, and, and, and you know, they're not just going to be able to, you know, at times they wanted to just maul you and, you know, and quite frankly, they would out-athlete you, you know, because their offensive line and kind of relied on that. I just think watching Todd Monk, and I actually went back and watched some of the Tampa Bay stuff and, and, and what they've done there and what he's done in the past, they're just going to spread the ball out. And I've said this before. Um, you know, Andrew Thomas was such a special talent, but you don't have to be Andrew Thomas to be to have a successful, you know, collegiate offensive line. You got to be able to mirror somebody. You got to be able to move them at times out of the box, and you got to be able to stand in front of guys long enough to get the ball off. And um, you know, I think Georgia has recruited well there. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, you know, Sam Pittman has recruited well there. I think Matt Luke did a tremendous job finishing this class off. So. Yes, there's going to be a drop-off. I'm not going to share it because there's going to be a drop-off. You're not going to replace immediately Isaiah Wilson, Andrew Thomas, and, and Solomon Kinley. It ain't happening. 
but it doesn't mean it's doom and gloom. Uh, kind of to get get back to your original question there, uh, I, I think they can do some things to take advantage of what they got. I think Trey Hill's going to be better. Um, you know, you look at. I remember when Isaiah Wynn got moved to left tackle, I was like, what are they doing? Is it that bad? The guy wanted to be an NFL first-round draft pick. I do think Jamari Salyer is going to play left tackle. You know, he's probably NFL combine. He's probably NFL combine 6'1 and a half, maybe 6'2", you know, and, and, and you know, can he do it? So uh, Matt Luke has been around some successful guys, Greg Little, Laramie Tunsil, all those guys were first-round draft picks. He's done well with that as well. So he, he's coached up guys too. Uh, I think that, you know, it's not going to be doom and gloom. I don't want people to think that's going to be a, a bad weakness, but it is, is going to take a step back, and they're just going to have to coach around it until they get some guys. I think the bigger question, and I'll pose it to you guys if we're going to touch this subject, is who's going to play right tackle? Because I think that was the biggest question coming out of spring practice. Could somebody get a hold of that position and hold on to it before – you start looking at guys like Tate Ratledge and Broderick Jones and those guys who get on who who would have gotten on the campus in two weeks from today would have been on campus two weeks from today and spent the entire summer uh, in strength conditioning those types of things. So don't know, but you know I, I think they've got some bodies. They recruited some guys. They got they're going to probably get some guys in this class. But as of for this season, I think they're going to be okay. It's going to take a step back, but it's not going to be doom and gloom. Yeah, and I think I think that the protection thing there, like not not a, not pass protection, but the protecting of the offensive line is something that can end up being pretty good for your offense because when when you're trying to get the ball out quick and you're finding ways to get the ball to your playmakers and that's kind of the center focus. It, it kind of keeps you focused on making sure that George Pickens and Zamir White and and James Cook and and those guys get the ball and they get the ball quickly. Uh, I think that really helps out. I'm interested to see what happens with Sawyer because I, I you know I do you know I started off no chance. I just didn't see any way that kid was going to play left tackle. And the more I started to hear about things, and the more I started to kind of understand how the fit, what the feeling was at Georgia that that they didn't want, you know, they wanted a guy with some experience over there. And, and Jamari's a really good athlete. He's he's very different than Isaiah Wynn just in terms of their career trajectories. Because I mean, Jamari Sawyer was probably 350, 360 pounds his senior year of high school, whereas Isaiah Wynn was 260, 275, and Wynn's just a phenomenal athlete, and that's how he gets it done whereas Jamari Sawyer is a very good athlete but he's also a very big human being and and uh, you know I do think he's going to get a long look at left tackle I'm not ready to hand it to him just yet even though I think there's a good chance especially with everything that's gone on and everything that's been missed uh, but I do believe that whenever they start out, you know, camp or whenever they get started back practice, when they line up with that offensive line, I would expect Jamari Sawyer to be right there at that left tackle position, and, and I expect that to kind of be uh, where where he kind of gets a long, long look. I think Warren Erickson's in the mix there. I think Xavier Truss is in the mix. Uh, you know, you can't count on Owen Condon. You know, you never know when a guy's going to make a big move, especially after uh, coming in with another coach. Kip, what is your overall assessment of the offensive line? And, and you know, do you think it could be a big problem for Georgia this year? I think uh, it goes to the old adage, you got to get your five best on the offensive line. I think this situation is going to potentially make it a little bit more difficult for these incoming freshmen to the – kind of get in there and earn the trust of Matt Luke. But, I mean, right now for me, I kind of take the opposite outlook for Jamari Sawyer. I still think he could be the guy at right tackle. I just think that – I think that Xavier Truss 
at left tackle and Jamari Sawyer at right tackle gives them the best chance to protect Jamie Newman at quarterback. I think uh, we're talking about left tackle, you know, as the the question mark, but I, I, I see Xavier being more comfortable in that left tackle position where he practiced, I believe he pr- worked there all season last year and had, got great reviews at left tackle. Uh, at right tackle, you know, I just think that Jamari could go in there and, and they can slide, put him right in there and not worry about that all year. And I think that Xavier Trust will be given the opportunity to win that left tackle job with Warren McClendon then becoming the swing tackle, becoming that, that first guy off the bench at either left or right tackle position. I just think that gives Georgia the best five on the field at one time and, and the best look. Uh, I'm real interested to see how potentially Justin Schaefer does if he's the left guard this year. You know, this is his this final shot, and I think he has an opportunity to play at a pretty high level uh, if he stays healthy. I think that when he was on when he's on the field uh, last year, he, he looked pretty good. He got that neck injury that kind of uh, messed things up for him. But I think that he's shown he could he could play at a high level, and I think he would be the early favorite to win that left guard if we were handi- handicapping it without any practice spring, you know, seeing any spring practice at all. And I, I think obviously Ben Cleveland coming in as the most experienced person uh, on the interior line at right guard uh, is a, a safe bet as long as he's there and he's he's able to participate. He, he's that right guard you want, you know, really helping out in pass protection and giving them kind of some consistency here. But I think, yeah, it's definitely looking like a, a new look offensive line, but I think with the new system, that might actually be a good thing. I think this this group has a chance to, you know, actually improve in some areas and maybe in the run game, you know, imposing their will on teams in the third and fourth quarter. I think this is a group that has a lot of promise and, and a lot of uh, size and athleticism they bring to the table. So, there are question marks, but uh, I think it's just really intriguing who they put at left tackle, who they put at right tackle. You know, I guess I'll go against the grain a little bit and say that I think Jamari Sawyer would be great at right tackle. Uh, and, you know, Xavier Trust, I think, still has a lot of uh, potential. And he kind of just has the size and, and the skill set you look for at left tackle to kind of be a natural fit there. You know, uh, as you were saying that, Kip, I- I'm looking right here on Twitter and uh, a couple hours ago, Jamari Sawyer retweeted a tweet of himself working out. And, uh, guys, I-, I need to do what Jamari Sawyer's been doing in- in- during the quarantine because he's down to 315 pounds. This dude is light. Uh, I mean, I-, I noticed it right away when I saw him. I'm like, man, that, cat- that cat's lost some weight because he was probably 330, 335 last year. And uh, he's working at right tackle in this video. But, uh, you know, something we'll have up on the site over at Dogs 24-7 later today. But uh, I-, I thought this was really interesting. You know, he's working out with his high school coach, Andrew Thomas, is in here as well. And and he's kind of working on a pass set. But, man, he has really lost some weight. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's something that can help him out there because he's, he's a long guy too now. And and he's he's a, he's a really good athlete at 330 pounds, but I mean obviously you take weight off, you're going to move better, and and I think that could help him as well uh, there too. Maybe may, losing that weight may mean he's he's planning on slipping over to the left side and doing that. I'm interested to see how it plays out. Let's take a break real quick. We're going to talk about a potential off the radar emergent guy on the offense, and then we're going to jump into just a little bit of recruiting stuff before we wrap up the show. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Kip, I'm going to start with you. Let's, you know, let, let's. this doesn't have to be a guy that, that didn't catch a ball last year, only had a handful of catches, or only had one or two carries last year. But is there a guy that's not getting a lot of talk on this offense that you see kind of coming, not necessarily out of nowhere, but, you know, obviously because George has recruited so well, you know these guys are talented, right? But is there a guy that you kind of see emerging, breaking out, and, and, and kind of coming out, not again, not coming out of nowhere, but but just like I said, emerging in Todd Munkin's offense? Well, I'm not going to take someone that's completely off the radar. I'm just going to go with the same guy that that I was on the table for all year last year to get more touches, and, and that's James Cook. You know, everyone's talking about Zamir White, and, you know, there's a great chance he is the next 1,000-yard rusher for Georgia. But the one thing about this Todd Monken offense is that his backup running backs are fairly prolific. Uh, I mean, you look at, you know, when he was – even with Cleveland last year, I mean, you look at, you know, Kareem Hunt, he had 37 catches for uh, almost 300 yards in just half the season. And so a guy like James Cook, you can get him five targets a game in the passing game every week, and he could still be a huge part of Georgia's offense. Honestly, even if Zimmer White's on the field at the same time, I think that Todd Monken has played multiple running backs if he feels that they're up to the task of of helping him and what he's trying to do uh cleveland's offense last year had two running backs in the formation a lot of the time we kind of touched on that last year we we wanted to see if maybe they would do something like that they really did not do that with deandre swift and james cook but you know you look at trying to get your most talented offensive playmakers on the field I think James Cook is a guy who can be on the field at the same time as Zamir White, but also can be a consistent part of a Todd Monken offense. And like I said earlier in the show, you look at what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did last year at LSU, the amount of uh, passes he caught in that offense, and really overall kind of pushed himself into that RB1 category in the draft. 
I think James Cook is a guy who can really make a big impact in this offense and, and, and give them a different look every week really make a name for himself as a, a talented playmaker and, I mean, potentially a guy that could play on Sundays. Rusty, uh, who's your guy? Who's the guy that kind of maybe emerges in, in Todd Munkin's offense that we haven't really seen a whole lot of? Can I do a true freshman? Absolutely. I'll say Marcus Rosamy. Uh, um, you know, here's a young man, so a big wide receiver. Uh, you look at his body type, he's a 210-pound kid, probably you know, six two and a half, six three, legit. Played at a powerhouse, St. Thomas Aquinas. I've always said the further away you get from the ball, um, the further outside, the earlier you can play in college. These receivers can play. This kid played at a, uh, a very, very, very respected uh, college, uh, high school football program in South Florida, and uh, they play great competition. And, and I just think that He's going to come in, and there's some opportunity there. You know, there's some opportunity there to get some minutes. And, you know, George Pickens is going to have a lot of attention. He's going to have a lot of attention on him. Demetrius Robertson's a guy that that's going to have to put it together. We all think he's got some potential. We all know the speed. And can Todd Monken get something with him? But, you know, I think you look at that college-ready body and what I saw out of him in a couple of games, you know, specifically that last game they played out in Vegas in that Geico series with – with him and and um, you know just ball skills and uh, I just I just think he's ready to play right now. I think he's a guy that's going to play for Georgia immediately. I don't know if he's going to start, but he's going to be a important piece of this offense when games start getting very important as the year goes on. And I think Marcus Rosen is a guy that uh, is going to be uh, you know he may not quite have the second half that Pickens had, but he's going to be a guy that's going to be counted on for, for Georgia. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I'm going to go with Karis Jackson. And and I'm not necessarily thinking this guy's going to put up huge numbers, but you know, it's clear to me what the coaching staff thinks about Karis Jackson. Okay? I mean, he he's a guy he's been banged up for a couple years now. Multiple injuries. Uh had the hamstring that kind of lingered for most of his freshman season. That's why he ended up redshirting. Uh had the hand earlier last year and then ended up with an ankle late in the year. But the staff loves the guy. And, and to me, that indicates that he's doing some things right on the practice field. He's showing some playmaking ability on the practice field. And honestly, with Dominic Blaylock kind of in limbo a little bit early, maybe early in the season, maybe not needing some time to get over that ACL injury, I think that, that Kyrus is going to get a ton of reps at that slot position. He's going to know it. And and to me that that kind of spells a lot of opportunities in the passing game, and and you know when you look at the slot position, and, and I think we've probably talked about this on the show before, but you know the slot receiver is the toughest guy on the field to guard because he has a two way go, inward breaking routes, outward breaking routes, slot fade, post, drag routes, screen routes, everything. I mean those guys can do it all and 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 not necessarily from a physical standpoint but from a schematic standpoint it's really easy to scheme those guys in a position to get the ball i think kiaris is a type of guy that can run after the catch you know the funny thing was is he he broke his hand on that play against vanderbilt last year and that was a tremendous play except for the fumble at the very end after he had broken his hand because he took a pop 
after catching that football up the seam and and was able to stay on his feet and keep going and 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 I think he's a guy that can kind of emerge I remember that catch at Auburn this past year where he was ruled just barely out of bounds that was a tremendous grab I mean he is he's a big time athlete he's he's a very uh mature kid he he's in his third year in the program I think it's kind of now or never time for him I think he's the kind of guy that responds really well to a sense of urgency, to kind of knowing that, hey, all of these young receivers are coming in. It's it's time to put your nose to the grindstone and, and become the player you can be. And I think he's a guy that can kind of come um, come out of left field a little bit and make some big plays for Georgia uh, this coming season. All right, moving on to recruiting to, before we end the show. Rusty, the latest on Smile Munden, five-star linebacker, uh, you reported a little bit on the side earlier today. Let's kind of let kind of dig into his recruitment a little bit and what you're what you're hearing. You know, Smiles kind of got things. Uh, you know, he's he's been kind of quiet. It's a quiet young man. Just knowing him for the last year, uh, things have been quiet for him. You know, the last month or so, he he works out in the morning. He has a job in the evening. Likes to come home play play Madden Xbox and. You know, it's like any typical teenage kid right now. He stays up late and he sleeps late and gets through his workouts and, and gets his days going. But, you know, he sent me a text last night. I texted him on Monday, said, hey, are you, you know, are you deciding, you know, in June? And he and I specifically said June 20th because the, 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 the tweet from him on Monday night kind of looks like June 20th when you look at that, but or 620. But, you know, he told me, and you know, as reported this morning, he said, you know, that's not the exact date, but I'm going to commit sometime in June. And when I talked to him like two weeks ago, I think it was, or maybe a week ago, uh, you know, he told me that, look, I, I'm making in this thing a little sooner. You know, these calls were starting to get crazy for him. Uh, and then you, on top of that, you add the the call, the, the unlimited calls that started on uh, Monday, uh, where they can the coaches can call unlimited. So. You can imagine, you know, every school that's involved is trying to get their time with him, and he's trying to have his own life. So I think, uh, you know, all that together, you're not going to be able to take visits this summer at all. And all that together, I think Smile probably just said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this decision. And, and uh, I certainly think there's some teams involved, you know, LSU, Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee. But I think as this thing unfolds, over the next, you know, whatever, three, four weeks to a month. I think it's going to come down to Georgia and Tennessee. I think both of these teams are very, very much in this thing late. And uh, it's going to be a battle all the way to the end for him. He's a very, very talented, you know, six foot three, 220 pound guy that plays running back. He plays linebacker, plays almost every play for Paulding County. Uh, and I, I saw him play last year against South Paulding. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget. They kind of ran away from him a little bit, didn't do a whole lot, and then they put him at Wildcat and they give him the ball uh, on a series, and the, and the dude takes it. He housed it about 85 yards as a running back, and I was like, yeah, "That's a, this guy's different, man." And uh, that's the reason why on 24/7 Sports, uh, Composite's already a five star. He's the he's the top 20 player in the country, number two player overall in Georgia on 24/7 Sports. So he's that guy, man. I mean, he he is very very special, big time prospect. Where does he project a linebacker for Georgia? Because we get that question a lot. I mean, you see him as an inside guy, outside guy combo. He's going to be an inside guy. I think he's got a. I think he's got a lot of Quay Walker to him, and I think people kind of haven't seen what Quay Walker can be because he's been behind some talented guys. And I think Quay Walker is going to be a guy that Georgia fan. Because that's another thing you see Quay Walker in person, people realize that guy is almost six four. I mean, he is a big dude. 
Uh, Smiles, that guy, he's going to be an inside backer. Uh, I think you can rush him. I think they'll have packages where they can bring him off the edge, certainly. But when you look at the everyday NFL and how things are now with these guys and prototypical three-down backer that can cover uh, cover the tight end, can take on the guard, do all those types of things, that's why Smile Monday is so coveted because you do not have to sub him out on downs anymore. Yeah, that Georgia will rush anybody from the edge. And, and I don't mean this from a talent standpoint. I just mean like – Shoot, man, Kobe Dean's like 5'11", 6 feet, and, and he was rushing from the edge at different times on third down last year. So they're, they're going to put their blitz packages together and bring the guys they feel like they, they can get home. Uh, Kip, you got anything to add on Munden and thoughts on him as a player or, or his recruitment? I just think it's, it's interesting that Tennessee is starting to kind of emerge as – you know, kind of Georgia's main competitor for for several guys. You look at that recruiting class. They've already got 21, you know, commitments for this class right now, middle of May. Georgia's, you know, at seven right now. I, I just think it's interesting how aggressive they've been to add commitments at this stage of the cycle and still have a lot of guys they're in the mix for. And you look at, you know, what's going to happen for them in the, in the next couple of weeks with, I believe the tight end, Rusty, uh, is it Miles Campbell, could be committing to them next week. They're they're a major contender for defensive lineman Tyrion Ingram Dawkins from South Carolina, a guy who tentatively is expected to announce a commitment this Sunday. But now, since he announced that date, (laughs) his phone is – he was not prepared for what was going to happen after making that announcement every – college coach has is, is, is blown him up since then so he's given that some more thought but that Tennessee is a major contender is that and and with him as well and they could have you know 23 24 commitments by the time that you know small Munden makes an announcement so I just think it's in, in, very intriguing how they've w- went about building that class and trying to get everyone on board now and just thinking what that class looks like now versus what it looks like in December and January. I'm really interested to see how it all unfolds. But, you know, with Small Munden, obviously, I, I just love the frame and the, the overall athleticism he brings to the table. And you get asked this a lot on the junkyard of, as far as which linebackers, you know, which linebacker is, I guess, my, my one guy I would pick in this class. And I rotate every time. Uh, you know, Xavier Sori from Graceville, Florida, is a very similar prospect just as far as that frame and athleticism he brings to the table. It's really 1A and 1B when you look at these two guys because, again, they have such similar builds and they can kind of do it all in the football field. They have sideline-to-sideline capability. They can drop back in coverage. You know, they can blitz if needed. And they're both very high IQ guys as well. So if you're Georgia – you know, if you're Glenn Schumann, uh, Dan Lanning, you're trying to build your your defense around the linebacker position. I think Smallmund and Xavier and Sori are, are obviously the guys you would want to start with and, and go from there. So, you know, Georgia's got a chance to get two elite guys in, in this cycle at that position. And, and I think uh, you know, Munden's an outstanding prospect and a guy that I, I've enjoyed covering so far this cycle. And after not taking an inside linebacker in last year's class, it cannot be overstated how big of a need it is to kind of bridge the gap there and and, and bring in a guy 
kind of you don't want two years of class separation. You don't want a down year recruiting at that position. And Georgia's got some big time guys on the board. And uh, listen, man, the two guys I'm on this podcast with are as good as anybody at, at covering it. I mean, they're they're the best out there when it comes to Georgia recruiting. Uh, that's all we've got today for this show. I do want to give a shout out to our guy Palmer Toms. He's our intern over at Dogs 24/7. Today is his 21st birthday. Uh, so wild, wild times coming for Palmer Tom's out at the, uh, out of his house in Athens. I'm sure he's gonna have a big time tonight and, uh, um, you know, I hope he, hope he has a good time. He deserves it. He works hard for us. Uh, but for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. You guys take care. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.